Morphin Legacy presents The Grid. Howdy, Ranger Nation. This is Shatteray22, Vice President of MorphinLegacy.com, welcoming you to another grid ranking where we'll be discussing team ups. Joining me in this grid ranking is Austin. Hi. And Amber. Hi, Obo. So, if you're watching this day of release, it's National Power Rangers Day and the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers. And this team up ranking is our way of honoring the momentous occasion. But before we start our team up discussion and ranking, I would like to shout out our Patreon at patreon.com/thegridpr. Subscribing to our Patreon helps us pay for things and honestly motivate us into releasing exclusive content like great commentaries and releasing things earlier on there, like a day or two early. So with that, you guys ready? Ready. Oh yeah. Ranger of Knowledge, Grid Ranger Metallic, Silver. Ranger of Queerness, Grid Ranger Metallics, Rose. Ranger of Critique, Grid Ranger Metallics, Gold. Grid, Grid Ranger, Ranger Slay, ready, ready to, to save, save the day. day. All right, so let's talk about our first team up, but not really, a Fred Denis. We ain't touching that shit. We don't know her. Isn't that like a three-parter? Yeah, it's a three-parter that introduces Masked Rider. It's also an ugly suit. Sorry. Alright, moving on to Rangers of Two Worlds. Rangers of Bakatar, thanks a million. No problem. Which is a team-up between Zeo and Alien Rangers. Kind of. It's slay. It's good, but it's more of a exit for Billy. Since this is his last appearance before Once and Always, and it's not really him. It's an old guy pretending to be Billy because David Yost left the show because... Homophobia! The team-up stuff kind of takes a backseat to Billy's last appearance on the show before Once and Always. But we do have a Quishin Rangers coming, mostly Delphine and Sestro. The only ones that matter. Tell me the other names. I mean, I know them, but do you know them? No. What's the red one? Oric. Orco. There's a character called Oric and Orco, like, at the around the same time. Fuck off. What's the black one called? Hmm. Um. I'm sorry. They don't say their names that often in the show, like, care corcus and the yellow one is tidius yeah i would, I would have never like i them. love them but like girl we just see cestro and delphine the most so like they're the ones i remember i'm sorry i don't watch this for the alien rangers i watch it for my girly impersonator oh yes yes the impersonator so let's go back to the team up fodder so the team up fodder happens when both rita and zed and the machine empire send down monsters rita so happened to be a pink purse monster named the impersonator who is no joke, the most powerful monster Reed and Zed ever create. And that's on God. And it's really funny too, they impersonate her from this like ugly ass clutch that Kat made that Tanya's like, ooh, this is ugly. You bought this? <laughs> you bought this? No, I made it. Ugh. 
And then Adam's like, ever since I knew you, this is the only thing that isn't perfect. I'm like, aw, Adam, you're being a real ally right here. Good job. So yeah, Impersonator is grown giant, and she literally curb stomps every Megazord transformation, forcing them to retreat. So technically, Rita and Zed won for like a second, but Mondo was so jelly that he teleported the monster away. Because he wants to destroy the Rangers, damn it. Where did she go? She was teleported to some, like, galaxy that was far, far away. Wait, seriously? She She's teleported away in part one, and then she comes back in part two, and she takes the Super Zero Megazord. Yeah, King Mondo's monster, Cog Changer, takes the Zeo Megazord, and they, like, duke it out. Impersonator in the cockpit is hilarious. Hey, you and the Super Megazord! What kind of monster are you? I'm your worst fashion nightmare! <laughs> So the actual team-up happens in part two when Delphine and Sestro, who are conveniently on Earth because they're helping Billy rejuvenate himself because I guess Equitians are immortal because of the water in Aquatar. Wetness is the essence of beauty. Gotta moisturize. So yeah, they call up the rest of the Alien Rangers and they team up with the Zero Rangers to defeat Impersonator and Kung Changer. So yeah, this is a solid team-up, I think. It's nice to see the Alien Ranger costumes since they only got like a 10-episode miniseries. It's good. It's probably like middle of the road for me. I love Rita and Zed's moon's antics are always fun and this had a lot of quotable moments like It's a purse! A purse monster! What kind of monster is that? Well it does have quite a nice zipper my queen. Quiet! Oh sorry. I need to think. Oh now we're in trouble. I think the more quotable team up episode is the next one. Oh Jesus. So yeah, the next one on our list is Shell Shots. You want Rangers? You gotta go through turtles. Mutants! Well, at least you got that right. It's time for some Shell Shock! What are those things? I can't believe it, but I think they're- It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Which is the team up between the Space Rangers and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from The Next Mutation, which features Venus. These Mighty Morphin comics could never... The Space Rangers walked so that little comic could run. Exactly. When that comic was announced, they did reference Shellshocked a lot. Personally, I like the Mighty Morphin team up better, but... <laughs> Alright, so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who are created summoned, or who the hell knows, by astronomer. Summoned? Did you watch the episode? So yeah, they're summoned, created, whatever. The Space Rangers know them. So they're at least fictional. They're brainwashed. They trick the space rangers into being allies to take over the asteroid ship. And they succeed until they get through some like magnetic fields that reverses the spell somehow. Sure. They turn good again and team up with the space rangers to fight some Clonitrons. And they just go back to New York. Anyone else have anything else to say? I don't have a lot of notes on this one. <laughs> There's that iconic gif of Andros being moody in the background while... Ashley's getting hit on. Get it, girl. Decca being like, I've been certified turtle-fied. I may have liked this more if this literally wasn't the fourth episode of In Space. This is literally shown the second or third plan as the main villain. Because Saban needed to fucking promote that show, goddammit. That's why it exists, yeah. Next Mutation only lasted one season, and it was not doing amazing, and they were probably hoping that being on Rangers was gonna boost their ratings. Alright, does anyone have anything else to say about Shell Shocked? It's a slay. It's a cultural reset, honestly. Moving on to True Blue to the Rescue. Justin, it's you! You monsters forgot one very small problem. Actually, I'm not so small right now. 
which is a team up between the Space Rangers and the Blue Turbo Ranger Justin. Mama, weren't your powers destroyed? I will explain that in a minute. The crux of this begins when Storm Blaster, one of the sentient cars in Turbo, escapes from some planet where they're being whipped by some Piranatrons because Steve Tox captured both Storm Blaster and Lightning Cruiser in the finale. So this is a way to explain what happened to them since then. So they're just cargo cars, I guess, and Storm Blaster escapes. But at the same time, the Space Rangers and Astronomer are made aware of this and they're racing to get Storm Blaster with the Space Rangers being captured because we need to get Justin here. So we cut to Justin, who is living in a new town he moved to at the end of Turbo because that was his excuse to leave this team. He was like, um, I'm going to stay here with my dad. Dad! That's how he says it too. Dad! Yeah, I think the four adult quote-unquote Turbo Rangers disappearing off in the space is fine, but when it's like a 12-year-old just leaving certain amounts of time. Oh, they would have had to bring dad with them, and that would have been weird. Yeah, he needs a chaperone. So yeah, he's in some new town. Storm Blaster, like, just beep-beeps, like, get in, loser. So Storm Blaster drives Justin to the place where the Space Rangers are captured, and he is given a new Turbo Morpher, because in the finale, like Austin said, their powers are destroyed, so I guess Storm Blaster just has an extra Turbo Morpher for him. Not sure how it works, but I guess maybe his car battery charged it. So yeah, he just helps in the fight. They fight, fight, fight. Helps the Space Rangers destroy the Monster Marine and rescue Lightning Cruiser. And we last see Justin having a moment with his former teammates. They say, once a ranger, always a ranger. Before he leaves and says, if they need him. He'll be there. We never see you again. Yeah, we never see you again, ever. For good reason. Take your little bowl cut somewhere else, mama. Maybe he was defending little town during countdown. I think this is a decent team-up. It's fine. I mean, even bad team-ups, I still think they're fun. It's a team-up. I think it was good to get an update from Justin, because I think if we never saw Justin again after that, I'd be like, oh, what happened to him? His moment with TJ was kind of cute. It was like, hey, I'm blue! Hey, TJ, you look good in blue! (laughs) There's also a moment at the beginning where Diva talks is a bit ass kissy to Astronomer because she's like Hello Astronomer darling oh don't you look lovely today actually hun I lost a little something nothing very important just this little pesky thing called a uh, storm blaster now if you happen to see it now don't worry your pretty little head about it just give me a call and i'll send an army or two to go catch it okay love agree divatox thank you hon you're the best unless of course i catch it first then it's mine <laughs> you little brat oh look at me i'm so cool i'm a strong That Jeep is my bitch. Anyone else have anything to say about Trubalerski before we move on? I mean, it was awesome to see two icons together. Well, yeah, we see Divatox and Ashram a few times together this season. They're all treats. Just little treats, I'm eating them up. So moving on to the other Solo Ranger team of this season. Always a chance! It's Morphin' Time! where the Space Rangers team up with Adam. Most of the story of this episode isn't really super team up It's mostly about Carlos being depressed after he accidentally hits casting in a fight. Adam just shows up halfway through the episode in the middle of a fight with a monster to help him not be depressed anymore by helping him train. Cue training montage! 
Carlos is still flustered though at the end and he's like, I quit. But Adam is like, oh, if only I was still a ranger. And he looks at his broken power morpher with a messed up coin with like a fucking slice through it. It's pretty cool looking. But Alpha Six is like, ay, 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 it's damaged. You're gonna die if you use it. When did it get cracked? I think when the Thunder Swords were destroyed. It's the Mastodon coins. Oh. And this is before fucking power coins were falling out of the sky. So this is when it was like legit. As much as I love chasing the space, I hate when powers are destroyed because then it puts the writers in a corner. Yeah, for future stuff. Yeah. I think at this point they were just really counting on coming back to these shows for Team Ups even, really. Yeah, this was at a point where it was a continuing story, so they had to destroy powers when they got new ones. But after this, they didn't really do they lose their powers. Only Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder do that? Lost Galaxy, they give their powers back. Well, they put it in the stone on Miranoid, but multiple times we see rip them out of the stone. Yeah. They're not there for their daily use anymore. Yeah, just Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder, really. And I guess Ninja Steel. But even Ninja Steel in the Poise show, they get their powers back for that. So yeah, of course he uses this corrupted morpher anymore, so he risks his life. He's like fading in and out of morph. But it's enough until Carlos gets his morpher back and they defeat the monster. This is another decent team up. It kind of gives like shades of a Gokaiger tribute episode where a former ranger shows up to give advice to a new ranger. That's what Super Mega Force should have been. They did that, but it was only with two Rangers. Well, they just showed up. They didn't do anything. All Jaden does is get a smoothie and is like, hey, here's a disc. And then he smiles and gets like a cut zoom in on his face. Casey kind of does more. He trains Jacob Emma in the ways of the Paishwa. That only happened because he was a writer. Literally. And then they just fucking shove all their other cameos at the last minute in Legendary Battle. But we will talk about that later. We are doing a retrospective. <laughs> Yes, we are. And we're doing talk about Legendary Battle in this episode, too. It's always nice to see Adam back, so I'm not going to call it unnecessary. He's beautiful. He's gorgeous. And it was cool to see the correct power morpher, but that won't be a problem for long because literally power coins are just falling out of the sky in future team-ups. Literally in one team-up, one falls out of the sky. Literally! Girl. All right, are we ready to move on legit team-ups now? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the 10th power and the power of pink. Let's rock it! That features the Galaxy Rangers teaming up with the Space Rangers. 
girl when i say i want to team up this is what i fucking mean these two episodes are the top caliber of team up quality so let's talk about to the 10th power first deviat gets the tainted cards containing the psycho rangers from some bug alien last time they were seen was in the possession of cyborg astronomer so it kind of makes sense not it doesn't answer how the bug alien got them but they're still around and uses them to capture the galaxy rangers which they are successful in capturing four of them psycho red however is unsuccessful not because of his chef's kiss child acting i'm okay but you're not you don't know me i'm psycho but due to a familiar looking man in a red cloak comes in to save Leo. You're Andros, the Red Ranger. I was there the day you saved her. Apparently Leo was there the day of countdown. I'm like, sure, Jam. I mean Leo. So Andros and Leo head to the Astro Mega ship to pick up his Astro Morpher, which is locked in a vault on the ship. And we later see the other four together morphers to Alpha's excitement. It's also a good thing this happened before the Astro Mega ship blew up in Journey's End, because could you imagine? Imagine if that happened. That'd be unfortunate. So they rescue the captured Galaxy Rangers and the two teams team up with their respective colors to fight their respective colored Psycho Ranger, except for Damon, because there is no Psycho Green yet. Not for another like 20 years. Well, technically, doesn't Psycho Green exist in the 90s or something? In the comics, he's technically the first ever Psycho Ranger. He's like a lone star, right? He's not part of the team. Right. There was the Psychopath where they tried to make them all family and whatever, but... Girl, we're not going there. <laughs> we're not talking about that. So the two teams are successful in destroying the Psycho Rangers with the Space Rangers vibing on Terry Adventure for a bit. And, and Maya's going to give the grand tour. However, Psycho Pink is revealed to have somehow survived. Psycho Pink. You have disappointed me. I will give you one more chance. This time, you will annihilate anyone and anything that comes in your way. Somehow, Psycho Pink returned. I mean, I guess she avoided the- It's cause she's girly pop. I'm glad they gave that to her though, because she was the first one to die in In Space. It's what she deserves. In case you didn't know, I love this team up. It might be bias and nostalgia, but this brings such joy. And I'll admit, it's very storylight, but it's very action-based and the action is very nice. Love the Korea, love everything. Does anyone else have anything to say about To the Tenth Power? I mean, anything with Psycho Rangers is always fun. Not everything. Well, in the show. In the show. I'm surprised they never touched the G-Rangers. And... Like, that wasn't like the Versus movie, shockingly. I'm kind of surprised, to be honest. Oh my god, I wish that we got those Mega Ranger power-up suits in, in space. I know, in the Car Ranger team-up. They kind of like Ultraman from Megaforce, but better. Alrighty, so let's move on to the power. Girl, the power of this episode. Whew! Little me was gagged, I'll tell you that. So Psycho Pink is back, baby, and is on a mission to destroy the Pink Rangers. I wonder if she'll succeed. Hmm. While this is going down, the Space Rangers, the Galaxy Rangers, are vibing together at Terra Venture, getting shown the Galactabees with Cassie, getting an interesting amount of focus. She's doing a little dance on the Wildcat, and she falls off. It's funny, we all laugh. Hey, look at me! 
Yeah, they seem to be getting along just fine. <laughs> Cassie, look out! So after these shenanigans, Psycho Pink goes through Terra Ventures computers going into Kendrix's when she's looking through the galaxy book and finds the Savage Sword, a powerful sword on the planet Rashon, which just so happens to be right next door to where Terra Venture is now. How convenient. So Psycho Pink drains her brains and all three pinks race to Rashon for the Savage Sword with Psycho Pink getting it and kicking some ass before she uses it to drain the energy out of Cassie's Ashamorpher, using its power to turn into her monster form and grow giant. Thankfully for everyone involved though, the Ashamorpher ship just so happens to have the Astro Mega Shuttle inside of it. So the Astro Megazord is able to team up with the Galaxy Megazord to destroy Psycho Pink. However, all is not right as rain since we still have the Savage Sword to deal with. But as we all know, Kendrick sacrifices her life to destroy the Savage Sword. With Cassie's astromorpher being repaired in the process. <sighs> so this is where in an alternate universe, I'd say Cassie takes on her role as the pink galaxy ranger, but Patricia Jolly left after filming an episode or two due to pay. And we get an alternate scene where the space rangers leave Morph to go on submission. Maybe to fight Lord Draven since TJ mentions crossing paths with some in dimensions. We did, however, read off dramatically <laughs> one of the episodes with her. Oh yes, we did. We did read a new script called For a friendship you can check that out our great masterpiece theater i would have been very interested to see where they were going with that as much as i do like rome but i love cassie there's actually a shot in an episode people discovered recently you can see patricia jelly's eyes in a scene where it's supposed to be Carone. what apparently they filmed multiple episodes with her and then she just left because there's clearly an episode where Carone is acting like cassie i mean it's also hard to distinguish would this be Carone because we hardly knew her as a character before or Lost Galaxy. True, true, true. She was a different person back in, in space. Literally the queen of evil. Maybe she's just a happy goth. So the episode ends with the question, who will be the next Pink Ranger? Who spoilers? Crone. So this episode is classic. Of course, the reason for this episode is sad due to the misfortune of Valerie Vernon's health. But the way she's written off the show is so good. We love a heroic sacrifice. That was a really well-written set of episodes. I also like that it wasn't a closed door either. Kendrick still shows up guiding people a few times, and then she comes back in the finale. I wonder if they set that up, hoping that she could come back, and just seeing how her treatment went. Well, the next episode, we see her as a spirit, and she guides Mai to the Pink Quasar Savior. Because for some reason, she yeets it off the planet, and some random alien finds it and brings it to an onyx auction. She did it for the drama, okay? I mean, that was a really good episode, too. I'd want to talk about that too, but that's not a team up, so. Also, Psycho Pink pretty much stapled herself as an iconic villain for this episode alone. I was obsessed with Psycho Pink since the girly pop in space episode. But she's the only villain that's actually done the thing. Rubberita recently. Rancic. Yeah, but at this point, she was the first one. She was the blueprint. The pink print, if you will. And the original Megasaur in this episode is pretty great too. We don't get a lot of those, and that was pretty cool. This Barbie kills rangers. So let's move on to Trickina's Revenge. 
guys. Ready? Ready! Go, Galactic! Galaxy Red! Galaxy Green! Galaxy Blue! Which is a team up between the Lightspeed Rangers and the Galaxy Rangers. I love it. It's really good. The episode opens up on Miranoi, where we see Leo rip the red quasar saber out of its resting place to fight hooded creatures known as ghouls and their leader Triskull in a city. Which I got a question how, but there's no time for that because they immediately leave to head to Earth. Oh, they're not allowed to establish a civilization on Miranoi? A city? Well, girl, if they can build a whole space colony that can actually work, they can build a city in a year. With what materials, girl? They live in a forest planet. <laughs> With the city. What city? They probably took stuff from the wreck of the ship. Girl, they fucking crashed into the ground in the finale of Lost Galaxy. Did you not remember that? I remember that. That doesn't mean it turns to dust. They could salvage stuff from it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we then learn why Triskull is- Who the fuck is Triskull, bitch? This is more easy to digest than another villain we're going to talk about later. Uh, yeah. Which is to capture humans in an office building to steal their life force in order to give to Queen Venshira in exchange for a treasure full of a gold. <laughs> Triskull isn't getting the life force for Queen Venshira. This is a double crush and Triskull is actually stealing the life force for Trekina! They still believe that the life force energy is for their queen. Those miserable galaxy rangers destroyed my magnificent beauty, so I will repay their treachery by destroying their beloved Earth. Trekina is in an episode called Trekina's Revenge? Hmm, I know. That's just a spoiler right there. So, she survived the battle on Terra Venture, but left her severely scarred, forcing her to wear a mask to hide the fact that she has been recast with another actress. That sounds nothing like Amy Miller. I'd like to keep it on, please. While all of this is going on, a child of one of the people captured by Triskull, Heather, befriends Carter and informs him of what's going on, while Leo, Kai, and Maya arrive on Earth to a in the fight against Triskull. Who the fuck is Heather? Exactly. Who the fuck is Heather? She is so damn important in this episode. We never see her again after this or before. Heather isn't a person we know. She's the friends we made along the way. She is more important in this episode than the fucking Rangers that came back. I understand the frustration with it as an adult fan, but as a kid fan watching it, you think it's cool that a kid is working with Power Rangers. Did you think the same about Justin? Well, I didn't really grow up with Turbo. I grew up with Lightspeed. That was more around that age. I guess it's easy to digest with just two episodes in the whole fucking season. And I don't get the way these characters are brought in. Leo comes in first and then Kai and Mai come first. And then Damon and Kendrick come out like the last 10 minutes of part two. So yeah, they eventually break into the office building after evacuating the building where Leo and Carter successfully beat Triskull and later fight Trakina for a short time with Kendrick's and Damon before they're yeeted out of the office building. I love how they fall too. They all like have individual shots of land 
landing on the little safety thing, and then it cuts to them all getting off of it. It's literally the same spot, too. So the two teams then team up to fight the demons. While Trakina uses the life force to turn green, oh! But Olympias poisons the life force, turning her into a giant, mindless demon creature. Love it. That's character development, though. She went from being a vain princess to being a literal demon creature. So the teams team up to fight Trakina and their Megazords. The Galactic Beasts were somehow able to travel to Earth, but this isn't enough. So they destroy her with the Omega Megazord using the lights of Orion, which was a pretty cool formation. I think that's so cool. And the Galaxy Rangers leave Earth in there. Jet Jammers. These are the Jet Jammers. This team up's kind of messy. I love it. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, but it's messy too. Power Rangers in 3D, mama. Yeah, this was a McDonald's thing. And I think they were supposed to have another team up too. This was supposed to be just like a McDonald's exclusive team up. And they were going to do another one. If you're going to do an exclusive team up, why would you make a team up where you use the main villain from the last season, the first one, and then do another one? Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? You use Trakina. Who are you going to come back for in the second one? Could have been anything. Heather gets a lot of focus, which was the reason why Amy Miller declined to come back. So we got the bad recast. That sounds nothing like Chikina. Also, Danny Slavin was kind of burnt in this team up for unknown reasons and refused to come back to do ADR, so that's why he's redubbed and sounds nothing like Leo. You're in for a big disappointment. Barely see the other Galaxy Rangers. This is the only Zord and Era team up to adapt Sentai team up footage rather than being something original, so it doesn't really feel as epic as those team ups. I don't think there's an issue with that. It's just it didn't have a good story around it. The Omega Megazord with the lights of Orion armor looks cool. So cool. Uh, not related to the team up, but the no such thing as monster scene is unforgivable. Are you kidding me? That is iconic. It is iconic for the wrong reasons. Maybe she meant in the sense of monsters that don't exist, but do. How do you explain MMPR to in space on Earth? Is this Angel Grove? Girly, it's Earth! If something happens in a different town, we're gonna know about it. This is 2000, before TikTok, before the internet, social media, girl. I feel like the news would report on that shit, though. We created a space colony before TikTok and social media and internet stuff. It would have to rely on if that grandma watched the news or not. You really jumped the rolls for this, bitch. I think you were too young to remember how the world was back then, Roy. I was nine during Lightspeed. Girl, you're still a baby, so... And I think Austin was only three. I'm only three. This is about the time I stopped watching Power Rangers. So, I mean, that tells you a bunch. Okay, and fun fact. For some reason, they use the Ginga Man morph sequence in this episode. Literally, why? It's really weird and funny. Especially since you see their hands and it's like, oh, the green one doesn't have black hands. Time for light speed. Ready? Ready? Light speed! Rescue! Titanium power! Ready? Ready! Time for time for! Quantum power! 
a team up between the Time Force Rangers and the Lightspeed Rangers. Seeing two of like some of my favorite suits right next to each other is really cool. Viper is back, baby! And literally digs herself out of a grave. Girl, you got absorbed by Queen Banshira. What you doing here? And so she digs herself out of a grave along with some long-haired demon warriors that have ranger colors on their heads for some reason. She then travels to Silver Hills to obtain a solar amulet containing a super demon, but is unable to grab it due to her able to break some glass. That makes no sense because she like can go through it and then she's like, Curse it. She can touch it. She put her hand through the glass. She can grab the solar amulet, but she can't break the glass. It would make sense if she was completely like a spirit that can't touch solid objects. But she touches the crystal, so... And the thing is that there's a scene later and when she teams up with Rancic, where Nadira like goes through her. So part of it, I'm thinking like, is she a spirit? And then I'm like, she was able to touch the amulet. It was just an excuse to get Rancic and Viper to team up to break some glass. And after that, we see Carter ride in on in his little hummer and informs the Time Force Rangers about the situation and calls his former team mips in for the assist. So let's mention what they're doing now. So Chad is a lifeguard with a mullet. Joel is married to Miss Fairweather and was about to go on their honeymoon in Hawaii. Kelsey is just roller skating. Where's your astronaut wife? Apparently, the grandma was credited in this episode, so they got the grandmother, but they cut her out. What? Why would you cut grandma? And Dana somehow became a doctor in less than a year. Um, it's called the government. Sometimes if you're in the military, you proceed through stuff a lot faster. You know she got that free school. Oh, yeah. She's a nipple baby, so maybe Captain Mitchell was able to pull some strings. In the limelight, she was doing that model stuff so she can get money for college. So Viper is able to perform the incantation to release Corganon, the super demon after getting the summer amulet back after using the time force rangers as a bargaining chip not sure how they were captured but this is a one poor team up we don't have time to explain that shit after this happens the rest of the lightsaber rangers show up to the fight even ryan who rides up with eric for some reason with both teams morphing fighting their respective Lee colored demon warrior and destroying Viper and Quorganon with a combined attack from all the Bellizers and Mega Modes. There's a shit ton of them in this episode. The episode ends with both teams giving the other teams their jackets for some reason and the Time Force Rangers giving the Lightspeed Rangers an escort back to Mariner Bay. Since Silver Hills is in Washington, this episode is enjoyable, but I think it was kind of rushed a bit due to being one part. I like it. I like it, but it's a little rushed in places. I don't like team ups that are one part because it doesn't give you enough time. We only see the other rangers other than Carter in like two scenes, so. It kind of suffers from having a lot of focus on most of the rangers other than Carter till the climax and like to train his revenge. But unlike that episode, we get to see what those rangers have been up to since seeing the light speed except Ryan. That is so important to me in a team up. If I don't see that, what are you doing? Yeah, what have you guys been doing with your lives? You're free. Viper not being able to break some freaking glass was a bit strange, but I guess they needed a reason for a team up for Rancic. I'll let it slide, though, because it gave some great villain actions, especially with Viper and Abdira. I'm Vipra, princess of all demons. I don't care if you're the princess of the universe. Get out of my chair! Fun fact, everyone in the main cast of Lightspeed Rescue shows up in this episode, except for Captain Mitchell, but Ron Roger is in this episode voicing the Super Demon Corganon. And another fun fact for you, when Dana is marked, her ADR is done by Catherine Sutherland. You can tell. Huh? <laughs> 
But let's get to a really good team up. <gasps> Reinforcements from the future. This is a personal opinion. I think Wild Force is really mid, but it has two of the most iconic team-ups. They're really good team-ups. So yeah, this is a team-up between the forces, Wild Force and Time Force. This team-up doesn't start with any rangery things, but with Taylor driving like a freaking maniac in her new gas-guzzling car. Guardians of the Earth indeed. So she of course gets a speeding ticket, but for some reason it's Eric Myers giving her one. Where is Wild Force set? Colorado. Colorado. And Silver Hills is in Washington. Those are the only seasons that aren't in California. Random facts with Ray. Not sure why the Silver Guardians are in Trevacove and handing out traffic tickets, but whatever. We then see three mysterious creatures known as Mute Orgs enter the scene. And they're blowing shit up and they're like made of old monster pieces. One's clearly Deviat with Toxic and Jinjax trying to recruit them, but they ain't having that shit with their reverse speaking asses. They talk backwards in the first part for some reason. I don't know why. So they get in some cool Koichi Sakamoto directed fights. So the Wild Force Rangers in. Time Force Rangers in the present can team up until Jen, who literally comes in guns a-blazing and reveals to us she's been following them for a while. That scene was epic, by the way. Love that scene. We then get the Time Force Rangers in the future travel to 2002 with Rain Sikinadiris, so he can tell us how he released them. I was the one who created the Mute Orgs. In the years before I donned my mask, and started the most notorious crime gang in history. I was shunned by humans. Wandering aimlessly, I eked out an existence in the shadows of the utopia made possible by Time Force. It was in those shadows that I found others forgotten by time. Release us! What are you? We are orgs. Humans imprisoned us in these stone tombs long ago. What do you want? Revenge! Free us so we can punish humans for this. We will give you great power for your help. If humans are your enemy, then our quest is the same! The orgs copied my mutant DNA and created new bodies for themselves. Half mutant, half orc. That is how the mute orcs came to be. 
We also learned that they gave them the ability to make his bone weapons. So yeah, it's up to the two forces to stop the Meteorics who have teamed up with present-day Master Orc to cause some pollution and are able to stop them after Rantic strips them of their meat halves, which also somehow makes him a human. And they're weakened enough for them to be destroyed by a battleizer blast. Deja vu. We then have a picnic with a remix of the Song of Anamaria and some cute little moments like some Taylor and Eric shipping fire. Some Lucas and Nadir shipping fodder. And some Wes and Jen and Colin and Alyssa shipping fodder. I don't ship most of those ships. So I love this team up. The story is well written with a really cool concept for the villains. It's a team up that tells a story rather than just be like, hey, let's get to the fight. It also helps that it's a two-parter too. Everyone gets the shine, especially Jen with her epicness. We get some questions answered like how Rancid got his bone power and what happened to the cast after Time Force. It's the better team of this season is my opinion. I like this more than the next one. So let's move on to Forever Red. Let's do it, guys. Morphin' time! Tyrannosaurus! Mighty Morphin Power Ranger! Morphin' time! Renzio Ranger! Ah! Shift in the turbo! Red Turbo Ranger! Yeah! Let's rock it! <laughs> Space Ranger! Go! Galactic! Go! Galactic! Blade Speed! Rescue! Red Light Speed Ranger! Yeah! Time for Time for Which is the team up with all 10 Red Ranges. The Beetleborgs, I mean the remnants of the Machine Empire, are digging up Serpentera, which is somehow on the moon, with Andros informing every team at this point in the franchise. Carter is responsible for informing Cole, who is currently with his whole team at the moment, but fuck those guys, Reds only! Bulk and Skull, who are revealed to on a beach resort, informs Tommy and the Reds on Earth to travel to the moon in the Astro Megasaur Mark II to stop the Machine Empire generals from using Serpentera to destroy the Earth, but not before Tommy spreads some false propaganda. Let's get started. Several years ago, the Machine Empire emerged from deep space and tried to invade Earth. Myself and the other Zeo Rangers succeeded in stopping the invasion by destroying their leader, King Mondo, and most of the Empire with them. Anyways, the Earth Reds head to the moon to fight some cogs on Morth with some karate, except Carter, who is the only smart one and uses a blaster. The Machine Empire generals then slowly walk to Serpentera with Cole trying to stop them with Leo and Orko arriving to the battle. The Ten Ren Rangers then morph to fight the Machine Empire generals, successfully destroying them all but one, General Vetrix, who survives and attempts to use Serpentera to destroy the Earth. But wait, though, Serpentera is no match for Product Place. I mean, Cole's new Wild Force Rider and the greatest Zord ever built is destroyed by a bike. A bike given to Cole by a god, but still a bike. A Zord that shoots out a death ray at 
Cole uh-huh. that he survives. Yeah. <laughs> Cole has plot armor in this episode, like hardcore. The Serpentera destroyed an entire planet, but it was no match for a bike. Because Bandai gave the show money to do forever, and that's why. Well, yeah. I have no issue with that. I mean, this whole show is a toy commercial. But there was a smarter way that they could have written it in. A bike chase on the moon or something that makes more sense. Whatever. You don't watch it for that. You watch it for the Red Rangers, the morph, the fight sequence the choreo is pretty cool i like the part with i think andros and carter with the blasters that's probably my favorite part and the episode ends with the earth reds and leo photoshopped in Ugh, looks so bad he's standing like 10 feet away from everybody i could tell instantly especially in some scenes on the moon and there's that shot of all their hands and there's a hand missing you're not expecting kids to notice this shit and you don't see Leo in the shop. They all say how cool they are compared to Pony. I mean, Andrew's called Zordon. Well, what do you say in response to that? Oh. I discovered a galaxy. And then they changed it to Andrew saying, I saved two worlds. KL35, I guess. All right. So this episode is, of course, iconic, but still kind of messy. Continuity, of course, is a problem with this episode. The writer of the episode decided to make his Zeo finale fanfiction canon. So things like Serpentera being on the moon is a thing, even though Rian's a left the moon with Serpentera and the premiere of Zeo. That's not the issue. The bigger issue I have is being like, oh, the Zero Rangers destroyed the Machine Empire. Girl, what? Technically, Rita and Zed destroyed them the first time, and Zordon's energy wave destroyed them the second time. Leo is awkwardly photoshopped into scenes, like I said, because Danny Slavin decided to accept the invitation to return after they filmed the episode, so he's just added to shots he wasn't in originally. You can actually see a shot of a morphed Red Galaxy Ranger after he unmorphs. Yeah, when he's stepping back to get in the line. It's kind of awkward that Rocky is nowhere to be seen in this episode, but I guess it would be weird for two MMPR rights to be in this episode. That would be stupid. That makes no sense. Rocky went to blue. The next two times we see him later on, he's red. There's still a lot to like about this episode, though. The fights, the morphs, the fact that we got all these reds in one episode. They can never do another forever color thing. No. On top of it being like insane amount of people. <laughs> yeah, and also literally impossible. I think maybe they could do like five to ten of a color, but then everybody from a color. All right, so that is the last Saban era episode. Let's move on to some Disney. Thunderstorm! Are you guys ready? Which is a team up between the Dino Rangers, the Wind Rangers, the Thunder Rangers, and the first Green Samurai Ranger. Girl, it's a team up between Dino Thunder and Ninja Storm. That is all you gotta say. You pretentious ass. They are not the Ninja Storm Rangers. They're the Ninja Storm Rangers. Not in my database. This team up opens with Lothor, like Vipra, digging himself out of the Abyss of Evil. He then disguises himself as Sensei to trick the Wind Rangers, who are now experienced ninja instructors of their respective element. That's what we call growth 
people into using corrupted wind morphers to turn them into his evil minions. Lorther then binds it to the Wind Ninja Academy with his evil Wind Rangers and two new generals who are two unused Alba Ranger villains. That's cool. I like stuff like that. To capture the Wind Ninja Academy students in a bottle, baby. Except Mara Capri, who tricked Lothar into thinking they're still evil. Cut to the Dino Rangers, it's it's their season after all, who have befriended Blake Bradley, who just so happens to be competing in a motocross lead at the same time this is all going on, and Kira kind of has the hots for him. Which is kind of awkward, because the scene he has the hots for him, Trent is sitting right next to him, and they had that whole arc about them being lovey-dovey with each other. And that is completely dropped. They both get messages from their teammates, both being informed about the Wind Rangers turning evil. The Dino Rangers being gagged at the idea of evil rangers even being a thing, even though Tommy and Trent are right there, and Blake meeting up with his brother and Kim. We then get some amazing fights between both teams, morphed and unmorphed, until the Wind Rangers are freed from Lothar's control after their teammates are able to trick them into using purified power discs they got from the Abyss of Evil. Both teams then combine forces to fight combined armies of Lothar and Mizagar. They've also teamed up, by the way, and are successful in taking down various monsters, foot soldiers, the two new generals, and Zerg gang. Mar and Capri also reveal that they just faked evil to get the bottle containing the Windage Academy students. Mezgog then snaps at Lothar and the two have a little fight in his lab with Mezgog being the victor after shrinking Lothar into an action figure and putting him into a jar. Say goodbye Lothar and this time mean it. Very collectible. I just want to make a little one to go with my Mesagog figure. I just want that for myself. I might do that at some point. I think it's just funny that they literally used a Lothar accent figure and put him in a jar. I wouldn't mind a new one, though. After seeing Mezagog. I mean, Mezagog's figure is amazing. The episode then ends with the Ninja Storm Rangers' powers being totes gone for good. We're never going to see a ranger from Ninja Storm Morph again. Wait, really? No, I'm being sarcastic, Austin. I can't tell with you. This is the problem Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder had, like you said before, them losing their powers. Now it's like Morphin Masters did it, so... <laughs> Or Sentinel Knight did it. So the both teams go to see Blake compete in another motocross race. Oh, Mara and Cassidy meet each other. Capri, did you just see that girl? She is like so stunning. Devin, did you see that girl? She is so stunning. But I am so much prettier. That is so iconic. Meta! This is my favorite team-up spoilers. It contains some great fights, morphed and unmorphed. It gives a lot of focus on the older team, which a team-up should do. The morph call is one of the best. There are two SPD and Dino Thunder team-ups. The first one is not good. I like Wormhole. But history, we gotta get through history first. You guys ready? So Broodwick somehow gets his hands on the Dino Gems. Let us proceed. Do you have them? Right here. 
I procured them on the planet Onyx for a considerable sum. And uses them with Professor Cerebro, some random scientist we were just introduced to, to bring the Dino Rangers from 2005, who are going to a one-year high school reunion. Are those a thing? No. To 2025. He attempts to use them like Lothar did with the Wind Rangers, but unlike him, he didn't think to use mind control on them, so they get the fuck out of there with the Dino Gems and meet up with the SPD Rangers, who treat them like absolute garbage. We'll take him on and anyone else that gives us trouble. <laughs> you haven't met Broodwing's boss. Grum is as nasty as they get. Well, I say bring it on. We're rangers. We can deal with it. Correction. You were rangers. We've been specially trained to take on Grum's army. And no offense, but fighting dinosaurs is so over. <laughs> Weren't you guys taught to respect your elders? So they sit in the Delta base for most of the episode and it's honestly just feels like just a generic filler episode for most of it until Grum and Morgana arrive in the team of Cory with an army of Crybots. So the Dino Rangers come in with new Morphers thanks to Cat and fight some Crybots. And that's about it. That's how epic it gets. They fight some Crybots in a quarry. Yeah, they then return to the past with the SPD Rangers informing them of feats they have accomplished. Connor opens up a sock camp. Ethan develops tech they use at the Delta base and Kira becomes a famous singer but none of that really matters because their memories are erased before returning back to 2005 so yeah not a big fan of this team up the dino rangers are completely disrespected by the spd rangers which you should never do there's no real cool and epic story revolving around these two teams crossing over it just feels like a filler episode that shoved in the dino rangers at the last minute so yeah not a fan of this episode but i like wormhole a lot better so let's talk about wormhole Check this out. Ready! Ready! Dino Thunder, power up! Dino Power! Red, blue, green, yellow, pink, omega, shadow, Toretto, tricera, Cat, brachio, drago. Power Rangers! Defenders of Earth! Which is the second team up between SPD and Dino Thunder. Like the title says, Emperor Grum uses a wormhole to travel back to the year 2004 to take over Earth in the past. So since it's 2004, the Dino Rangers are still Power Rangers in high school. So these events are happening during Dino Thunder. So we see them vibing at Skewel. Entrance actually here this time. Before they see Grum's ship and they investigate. At the same time, three of the SPD Rangers, Jaxie and Bridge, travel to 2004 to team up with the Dino Rangers and help fight off Grum's attacks on Reefside, which start off with small armies to burn some Sentai footage. Before you learn that Zelchax has teamed up with Grum by force to lead an army of Crybots, Tyrannodrones, and three monsters created by Mora. Before the fight happens, Tommy, suited only and voiced by Trent, and the rest of the SPD Rangers show up and they all fight, fight, fight. However, all is not good at first as they are surrounded by the big army and we get the most over-the-top decoration from every single ranger screaming, no one gets inside our circle. No one gets inside. No one gets inside. Surround them. This is your end, Power Rangers. You are outnumbered. Look at the size of my army. It is true. You have us outnumbered. But remember, it is not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. 
No one gets inside our circle. No one gets inside. 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 You got it, Commander. And both teams are able to defeat the combined armies. So the episode ends with the Dino Rangers getting their minds erased, except for Tommy. Why except for Tommy? Fuck you. Because he's in his suit. Okay. And the STD Rangers feel bad about them not remembering, so their memories are erased too. Why did they erase their memories in this one? They didn't reveal anything about the future. Did the SPD Rangers' memories are erased? Yeah, because they feel bad that the Dino Rangers can't remember, so Kruger's like, you're gonna forget too. What? Kruger erases his own mind of the events too. Oh, and then we get a little scene with Emperor Grum and Moore debate about staying in the past. No! I'll go down there and finish them off myself. Not such a good idea, your horn chip. Looks like the wormhole's closing. If we don't go back, we're never going back. No matter. I'll defeat Earth now. Fine. But then you're also going to have to reconquer all the other galaxies and planets you've already defeated. Because since it's 2004, none of that's happened yet. So if I were you, very well. No, he won't. The Grom that did all those things at this point in time, so there'd just be two Grums running around. Stop. You can't do that because that's a paradox. Stop. Yeah, this is why you don't do time travel, Power Rangers. Oh my lord. This one is better than history. For one, the SP Rangers don't treat the Dino Rangers like shit, so that's a plus. Does that piss me off because Dino Thunder is one of my favorites? I don't remember it anyway, so what's the point? Villains from both seasons team up together, so it doesn't just feel like a filler episode with the Dino Rangers shoved in. Alright, so that's technically the last annual team up and going forward it's mostly like <sighs> anniversary team ups and just a random team ups we got just because we have <sighs> footage or just for funsies Operation So the first one of these team-ups is the 15th anniversary special, Once a Ranger! Ready! Which features a team up between the Overdrive Rangers, Black Ranger Adam, the Blue Ring Ranger, the Yellow Dino Ranger, Red SPD Ranger Bridge, and the Green Mystic Ranger. So Thrax, the grown son of Reed and Zed. Not sure how that works, but okay. He has an underbite. Is that your bathing suit? Is that your underbite? So yeah, he's here and he gets all the Overdrive villains to not want to kill each other for longer than five minutes to form an evil alliance. They then fight the Overdrive Rangers. Can't really say it's a fight though. More like an explosion symphony. Oh my lord. Uh... 
It's so much. There is a scene where Miratrix jumps and an explosion happens. And they disconnect the Overdrive Rangers from the Morphing Grid, which is personified as a literal grid in this. They're about to destroy them, but Sentinel Knight comes in for the save. Fox has beef with Sentinel Knight because he trapped him in a space dumpster for an undisclosed amount of time. How old is he? And while the powerless Overdrive Rangers are getting blown in the face by over-the-top explosions, Sentinel Knight forms a team of veteran rangers to take their place which makes them mad and they all quit because this team is just a bunch of quitters so the veteran rangers do their thing for a while while the overdrive rangers go back to their old lives and they get bored so while the veteran rangers are getting a box in the warehouse containing alpha six the overdrive rangers get the sentinel sword which max uses to slice a monster in half after alpha six connects the overdrive rangers back into the morven grid the overdrive rangers and veteran rangers fight the evil alliance and the team of cory with Thrax fighting Adam, and you think Adam is gonna get the kill, but no. Sentinel Knight has to swoop in with a new body and steals the kill. You would think it would be cool for a mighty Morphin Power Ranger to kill the son of Rian Zeb, but no. We gotta get Sentinel Knight to kill him. Fuck his drag. The evil alliance then breaks off, so we get back to the status quo. And the episode ends with the veteran rangers going back to their lives, with Alpha 6 helping run Adam's dojo he's gonna sell when he joins SPA. Sudite. <laughs> <laughs> It's from a season I'm not particularly fond of, so that has it against us. The Veteran Rangers team is solid. This feels like the perfect Rangers to get for this anniversary special, but it's kind of weird that Bridge is red. Thrax doesn't make any sense. The oldest he would be at this point would be 10 years old. Alpha 6 being in a box doesn't make sense either. He was on Marinoi the last time we saw him, and no offense to Campbell Cooley, I'm not a fan of his voice. And the explosions are fucking ridiculous in this episode. I did a compilation video of just explosions from part one it's almost two minutes long okay so that is the last disney era team up let's move on to the neo saban era clash of the red rangers the movie who are you well i'm a power ranger just like you but where i come from they call me ranger red which is a team up between the Samurai Rangers and Ranger Operator Series Red. We open in Corinth, or a version of it, where a giant Professor Cog, whoever that is, and Scott, piloting the Skyrim Megazord himself, having a little duel before the two travel to the main dimension on a train? A subway train. They just, yeah. Show up. Both sides team up with the good guys and bad guys, respectively, with Scott staying morphed because he can't breathe the air, and totally not because this actor is SAG and had to do a role under a fake name. Anywho, Professor Cobb teams up with Xandrid to get some Sanzu River water in exchange for defeating the Samurai Rangers, which he is successful in getting rid of four of them by sending them to Corinth. We don't see any of those things happen, but yeah, they're in Corinth. We hear about it. Your team says hi. Meanwhile, the two Reds are put under a spell to bicker at each other and have like a five minute race on a horse and motorcycle to a quarry just to be like oh we were just pretending girl they weren't watching for those five minutes what are you doing what was all of that about the samurai rangers come back the other ranger series operators didn't come to assist but they said hi so yeah they beat professor cog and another nylak on loan with two coats we've never seen before and we cut to footage from another shinkenjin movie before scott goes back to his dimension on the train that's about it this team up is okay i kind of appreciate 
appreciate more since I've gained a, more of appreciation for samurai. Thank you, Austin. I'm here to educate, to teach the children. I like that it confirms Corrin's is in another mention because it literally has to be with what happened in RPM. I think there are some problems here and there. Some were due to the time it aired during Samurai instead of Super Samurai. And at the time, it made things confusing. Who is Serrator? Super Samurai mode and Shark Attack mode is a thing when they haven't been introduced yet. Jaden has his Super Samurai emo cut because this is the last thing they filmed. Antonio is absent from the special outside of being morphed and is voiced by someone else for some reason because I think he was in the States filming Glee. That was a good trade. But the main problem I have for this episode is who the fuck is Professor Cog. He's connected to Vengeance because he has grinders, so is he an attack bot? Probably. He shows up in Super Mega Force and still doesn't answer anything. Well, I'm assuming that was Vengeance or the Sentai equivalent in the Sentai. That's not really an equivalent. That's full-ass something made up. Oh. I think it's just hilarious that they made like the most goofiest Sentai in a post-apocalyptic season. I'm super impressed how they did that tone because Goandra was goofy as shit. <laughs> All right, moving on to the 20th anniversary special, uh, which is a finale to Megaforce, a team up and an anniversary special all in one and succeeds in nothing. How many times do we have to talk about this episode? Every so often we have to talk about it. It's fucking 10 years and we're still talking about it. That's our purgatory is that we're going to talk about this fucking shit for millions of years to come until we die. So yeah, legendary battle. We're here to fight by your side. You've more than lived up to the legacy we've left for you. We're all very proud of you. Thank you. It's an honor to meet you. Ah, oh, the honor's all ours. Why don't you take the lead? Ready, guys? It's Morphin time! Go, go, Megaforce! I love being a Power Ranger. Team up between the Megaforce Rangers and literally everybody. All right, so legendary battles, a lot of things to Megaforce, so I'm just going to talk about the team parts. You're welcome. So the Armada is ready to gear up and fucked up Harwood County, so we see various Rangers, whether it makes sense that they're here or not, showing up to save civilians, and we get cool little helmet flashes from everybody, which is a cool effect. Carter and Dana save a civilian trapped under rubble. TJ and Cassie rescue peeps from an elevator. Leo, in clothes he wore from the 90s, reunites the kid with his dog, Bigsley. Nice names. Damon and Wes, who are hanging out for some reason to look at people trying to stay warm. Carone stares at a kid crying to her mommy and gets some serious deja vu because it looks a little familiar to something she was in. Tommy sees a kid from a falling car with Saba. Someone please, please help me! So the Super Mega Force Rangers defeat Emperor Mavro. Different ways depend on which cut you watch. And the Rangers still got X-Borks to fight. So cut to every team of Power Rangers at this point posing on cliffs and joining the Super Mega Force Rangers on the ground. With the Rangers we've seen earlier in the episode taking off their helmets. With Mike and Emily taking off theirs too even though they don't say or do anything. They literally do nothing and starting off the two minute battle we've seen in Troy's dream for the past two years come to pass the legendary rangers then disappear into golden energy which is re 
revealed to be the work of the Green Morphin Master and Dino Fury. So yeah, this team up is something. We've talked about the problems in this episode as in lengths, and this won't be the last. So let's just move on. To the 25th anniversary special, Dimensions in Danger. Anybody know what time it is? It's Morphin Time! Ninja The team up between the Ninja Steel Rangers and various others. I'm sorry. Because of me, you're going to be in such danger. The Ninja Steel Rangers are contacted by the three hooded figures from the previous episode who are revealed to be Wes Collins, Gemma, and Koda. A random trio, but I'm here for it. It's not really a random trio because they each represent the dimensions in Power Rangers. Wes represents the main dimension. Gemma represents RPM dimension. And Koda represents the dimension. So yeah, they ask for their help after they lose contact with Tommy Oliver, who of course the Ninja Steel Rangers all know because of course. What we need first is to get Tommy Oliver to help us. Uh, Tommy Oliver. I've heard of him. Yeah, we all have. So they all road trip to Reefside, and we actually see the house they used in Dino Thunder, which is cool. Where we learn that Lord Dracon, I mean Lord Draven. <coughs> I see y'all. Some dude we don't know, but the legendary rangers all do, has teamed up with Madame Odious for her robot clone technology, which he used to make an evil Tommy. And her magic to power up arrows, which will open a crack in the multiverse so Lord Draven can invade every dimension with his ranger clone army. <laughs> what I don't understand is that the episode or two before this they were foreshadowing the cloaked trio rangers didn't foreshadow this villain he just shows up in this episode who is he you know what's really strange is that the premiere opened up with a former iconic villain coming to the main dimension couldn't use him as the anniversary villain it's just a random dude we've never heard of or saw before uh summer movie footage speaking of the ranger clone ami though we learned that lord draven has captured tommy who escapes Catherine, rocky tj trent and Antonio and Gia with the trio and Tommy rescuing them when the Ninja Steel Rangers are burning some Sentai footage. In an anniversary special, get this footage out of here. You have all these iconic characters back. Tommy then fights his evil robo-clone with his Master Morpher, a morpher that lets him use all his Ranger powers except for Red Turbo, defeating him before he ninja reveals himself with the other veteran Rangers to team up with the Ninja Steel Rangers to fight Lord Draven's Ranger clone army. Ninja, reveal we got an instamorph. They're not all ninjas. Why they say ninja reveal? Lord Draven then grows to fire the last arrow, but is stopped by Tommy using the Falcon Zord to redirect the arrow back at him. We then get some generic dialogue about how everyone is great and blah blah blah, and everyone goes back to their dimension. Before Brody says, Now that was epic. That's how you know he spent all of his time as a slave on a spaceship because he don't know what words mean. One of the funniest lines at the end is when Rocky is like, Please, she doesn't stand a chance. Not with the super ninja steel rangers on her tail. He gives off so much dad energy. He gave us that iconic meme face when he wakes up. <gasps> this is a pretty good anniversary Tim up special, despite it kind of ripping off Shattered Grid. Eh, eh, eh. Not kind of. Despite it ripping off Shattered Grid. Flat out, we know all the tea. It ripped off Shattered Grid. Lord Draven, Lord Draken, he uses an army full of evil ranger clones. He wants to attack the multiverse. 
He wants to shatter the grid. To the show's benefit, they don't make Lord Draven some little drama queen that wants Zordon and Rita to be his mommy and daddy. So that was so fucking weird. That was the weirdest thing I've ever. It like ended so fucking weird. Has good fights and a good amount of Power Rangers coming back, even if some of them have the most generic dialogue that could have been used by anybody. Does Gia even say anything? Can't even get focused in a team up. She's like, finally, no more Draven. Speaking of Draven, he's kind of a merp villain for an anniversary special. I wish it was a villain either connected to another villain, like the Machine Empire Generals or Thrax, or an old villain coming back like Rebel Rita. It could have been Madame Odisa's brother or some shit. Gay brother. <laughs> Gay brother. Oh, girl, the hair. Are you serious? I assume Sledge was going to be involved with the anniversary episode, considering they brought the version of Sledge's crew that went through the Dark Energy wormhole in the Super Ninja Steel premiere, but they saved that for the Poisey Show. Which is a team up between the Ninja Steel Rangers and the Blue Dino Charge Ranger. As much as I like that episode, it's so strange to set that up in a premiere and then 20 episodes later, you just saved that for a Christmas episode? The thing is that they originally planned to have a Dino Charge. Ninja Steel Do Ranger. not remind me. But then they did Dimensions instead. Oh, first of all, I don't know what this whole thing of like, oh, we only get one or the other. This is your 25th season of your long running show and you did one special episode. You could have just done a second one. What's going on in Super Ninja Steel? There is nothing going on in season two. Nothing. Nothing would have been sacrificed. Nothing. It's the lowest of mid. It's so mid. You could literally put a number for each episode on a wall and throw a dart. Whatever number that lands on, it would not fucking matter. The story arc of Super Ninja Steel is Madame Odis is back. She hires galactic ninjas. They're destroyed. She hires some guy named Prax. He's destroyed. She hypnotizes Mick and wants a human clone army. She's destroyed. That's the entire story of Super Ninja Steel. Alright, so let's talk about the Poisey show, which is a bright spot in the season. After bringing back Sledge's crew into the main dimension during the Super Ninja Steel premiere, they finally come back after Manimodius is destroyed and takes the Warrior's Dome to distract Poisandra with her own show. The Poisey Show! While Sledge captures all the Ninja Steel Rangers, but Preston and takes their power stars, proving how competent Sledge is compared to Galvanax and Manamodius. So Preston isn't captured by Sledge, like I said. He is sent to the Dino Charge dimension with Sledge after he opens up a portal with the transportal device the Ninja Steel Rangers got from Wes, and their power stars too, since they were absorbed into the Nexus Prism in the finale and needed to space. So they get those back this episode. This is also a Christmas special special technically so it's more of an epilogue and it's set during christmas but it's very light christmas i mean santa shows up they get stuck in snow things or the monstrous snow theme santa shows up but it's very light on the christmas stuff it's more about a kind of team up like a always a chance or a true blue of the rescue kind of episode anyways while poissandra is interviewing the ninja steel rangers with clip show antics preston teams up with coda to fight sledge and rescue the ninja Steel Rangers. So while the Ninja Steel Rangers burn some Sentai footage, Coda leaves a present for Sledge's crew, which is, of course, a bomb. Ah! Ah! 
destroying them in the Warrior Dome. But this isn't the last time we see the crew. So the episode ends with the Ninja Seal Rangers going to the Dino Charge Dimension to have a caveman Christmas. Yay! Despite this being a Christmas clip show, I really did enjoy this episode. I mean, anytime they get Sledge's crew back, some of them. Where's Kirio, the erasure? We only see Sledge, Poison, and Wrench this episode for some reason. Where's my gay scarecrow baby? We also got Preston and Coda interacting, which made up for them not even looking each other in dimensions. You get these two together, you can't put them in the same fucking shot. I liked that they got their powers back in a transportal device, so questions are answered for future team ups. Granted, none of the Ninjale Rangers button make ever show up again but it's good to have that fail safe just in case because you know some fan is gonna have those questions and by that i mean me. it's sad when an episode has to be dino charge to be good in ninja steel but whatever i'll take it all right so that was our last neo saban era team up let's move on to our first hasbro era team up finders keepers it's more for time which is a team up between the Beast Muffer Rangers and the Dino Charge Rangers. So continuing the events from the last episode, Rijek's villain relics are up for grabs and multiple factions are racing to find them. Zoe is the first to find his ship and of course messes them up because this is Zoe. So she activates a bomb, leading the Robo Duo to find Snide's sword and reviving him with a reanimizer. So Snide's back, baby. So Campbell Cooley has two villains to voice this episode. Zoe then collars Keeper, making him obedient to anyone so they put him in a truck while they scoop up the relics, which includes Zed's staff, Wink, and Sledge's blaster. Hmm. But the truck is stolen by a Vivek, so it's a race to rescue Keeper. While this is all going down, the Dino Charge Rangers, four of them at least, arrive on the scene after the Robo Duo capture him and return to Grid Battle Force H Group to regroup and gets the lowdown. After Zoe gets shaded for her fuck ups, Evox calls Grid Battle Force up and tells them they'll give them Keeper back in exchange for the relics. And Charles like, okay. So the two sides meet in an abandoned warehouse to make the trade. And of course, Nine is like, nope with returning Keeper. So the Beast Morpher Rangers and the Diano Charge Rangers morph to fight Snide. However, the Beast Morpher Rangers got to deal with some Sentai footage, so it's up to the Dino Charge Rangers, Riley and Shelby included after they're called up to fight Snide. Scrozzle then decides to resurrect Sledge to help him. It's a bomb! Oh, wait, I'm alive! And the rest of his crew, too, and they all go in on the Dino Charge Rangers. Even Kirio gets to kick Chase's ass. I'm so proud. That's until the Beast Morph Rangers come in for the save, rescuing Keeper and forcing Sledge's crew to retreat for now. The Dino Charge Rangers then leave and have the Beast Morph Rangers deal with their entire villain faction. They're like, yeah, we gotta go. Have fun with our entire villain faction. Bye! And Keeper leaves too, but stays in the main dimension for now, ending part one of the three-part team-up. I really enjoyed this first part 
heart despite Zoe's stupidity. Anytime I get to see the Dino Charge crew is a treat. So both the Rangers, if only four, and Sledge's crew is a good time. Next up, part two of this team up, Making Bad, which isn't really a team up per se. It's more of just the Beast Marvel villains and the Dino Charge villains doing goofy stuff. So I want to talk about it. Evox gives Scrozzle the Roboduo and Sledge's crew the task of figuring out which villains they should revive, to which Scrozzle whips out a USB stick of footage of past events, which I guess isn't good footage because it has terrible ADR. <laughs> so the villains spend the entire episode proposing villains like Korag, Lord Zed put a pin in that, Astronema, and Psycho Red. While this is going on, Poissandra and Kirio hunt for some diamonds. Diamonds. I can't read, but those look like diamonds. So after being caught, Fury and Wrench join in the fight and the fearsome four unfortunately destroyed for the last uh... time. Rest in peace, icons. Sledge is, of course, distraught after the death of his wife, but Evox doesn't have time for that and suggests Goldar to be revived, which Scrozzle does and infuses him with diamonds, making him Goldar Maximus. That's so pretentious. Sledge shades him and is destroyed by Goldar Maximus. R.I.P. Sledge. At least you were killed by Goldar. That's kind of cool. With the villains planning for the events of the next episode. This episode is fun. Love all the cute little scenes of Sledge's crew, especially Poissandra, Curie, and Sledge. And they work great with Evox's crew. They got good chemistry. Probably my favorite of the three. Agreed. When Poissandra compares uh, her wedding with Rita's, I'm like, oh my god, that was so amazing. I don't love that guy on my team. Hey! At least he had a nice wedding with Rita. I bet her husband can spend more time with his asteroids than with his wife. Jeez, poison. Roxy's pronunciation of some villains were kind of weird. King Mondoom. The redubbed clips are kind of bad. It's still a fun way to utilize clip show. Yeah. And it was a good way to build up to the finale of the arc, which is Gutted Connection. It's Morphin time. Which is the team up between the Beast Marvel Rangers, the Mighty Marvel Power Rangers, the Dino Rangers, and the Dino Charge Rangers. After five episodes of building up to this moment, it has finally begun with Keeper coming to Grid Battle Force headquarters to inform the Beast Marvel Rangers that he got a vision about a big battle with multiple Ranger teams on the horizon. Devin's the only one to doubt his vision, however, so he goes to some video game tournament and he literally gets hit with a meteor. It's kind of funny. Which is revealed to have been sent by Master Green. In Dino Fury, while Devin is dealing with this, the Beast Morph Rangers get a message from Tyler informing them that Goldar, Maximus, and Snyder are attacking their dimension and successfully steal four Energems, the four, conveniently, that were the four that showed up on Morphed in Finder's Keepers. We then learn Evox's master plan, which was to create a Zord made from four Energems in conjunction with multiple dinosaur DNA. Evox learned this from Keeper while he was under the influence of the Combined Scholar in Finder's Keepers. But the weird thing about that is that it also says he needed a warrior spirit and evox is like i'll use my warrior spirit but you're a virus how do you have a warrior spirit so devon then arrives to the dino charge dimension with jason lee scott after using the meteor in conjunction with morfax to send out a message to the universe and the meteor just so happened to contain a t-rex power coin like i said power coins literally falling out of the sky <laughs> 
So the Dino Charge Rangers, who have Dino Chargers filled with more effects so they can morph after their Energems are stolen, and Jason Lee Scott confront Goldar Maximus, Snide, and the RoboDuo and fight them alongside the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the Dino Rangers, making this a Dino-filled team-up, y'all. Even though a lot of them are just 80 yard. I'm so sad they couldn't get a Dino Thunder representation. You couldn't get Kevin Duaney? He would have done it. So yeah, Snide is destroyed by the Dino Rangers. Robo Roxy is destroyed for the fifth time by Ivan. And Goldar Maximus is destroyed by a giant-ass power blaster. Robo Roxy and Robo Blaze were not shit. They got destroyed every other episode. That is until Roxy got her little DNA power-ups and Robo Blaze just stole some more effect. The Beast Morpher Rangers then try to stop Evox from creating the Chimera Zord. They fail, so it's up to the Dino Megazord, Thunder Source Megazord, and Dino Charge Megazord to beat the Chimera Zord, which isn't enough until Devin uses the Beast X King Zord in conjunction with the Dino Charge Megazord to destroy the Chimera Zord. We then get our little free huddle and Rangers Forever defending together. You know the drill. Stop trying to make that a thing. Before they all go back to their respective dimensions and just like dimensions has the episode end with the Red Ranger saying something. This adventure is better than any video game. You tried, Devin. That was cute. Now that was epic. And that's the only time that Brody ever said that where I was like, yeah, okay. This episode was a pretty good art finale to what was built up. Everything leading up to this moment was handled well. Loved that they finally adapted this after years of wanting it. I never thought we would ever see this, like, ever. So that in general was just cool. All in all, a good episode. And our very last team up. So we will be moving on to our ranking segment, which we will rank our top three favorite and our bottom three episodes. So I will go first. My top three are reinforcements from the future that's number three number two is to the 10th power and power ping and number one is thunderstorm austin what are your top three my third one i'll probably go with making bad number two forever red just because it's so iconic i grew up with it and number one it has to be to the 10th power all right amber what are your top three well, number three i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna be a little bit similar to everybody and i'm just gonna pick making bad my number two it's such Thunderstorm because Dino Thunder. And then obviously my number one is Shell Shock. All right, let's talk about the bottoms. I think my number three is Once a Ranger. Number two is History. And number one is Legendary Battle. Austin, what are your bottoms? Number three, Legendary Battle. Number two, Once a Ranger. Number one, we didn't really talk about it, but I'll say A Friend in Need. Even the worst team ups I still think are fun, but A Friend in Need, it's unwatchable. All right. Amber, what are your bottoms? We're gonna lose line up some more. Number three is legendary. I really hate history. Let's go with Once a Ranger. Alrighty, so that was the end of our grid ranking. So what did you think of our ranking? Did you agree with us? Tweet us at the grid PR to tell us your favorite team ups. We'll see you next time for a brand new episode of the grid. But until then, everybody say bye and happy 30th Power Rangers. Happy Power Rangers Day. Happy 30th Rangers. Bye. 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 This has been a Morphin Legacy production, bitches. <laughs>